All voting members of the Academy have nominated the following films for Best Ooh. Picture. Ford versus Ferrari, Peter Chernin, Jen O'Topping, and James Mangold, producers. The Irishman, Martin Scorsese, Robert De Niro, Jane Rosenthal, and Emma Tillinger-Koskoff, producers. Jojo Rabbit, Carthew Neal, and Taika Waititi, producers. Joker, Todd Phillips, Bradley Cooper, and Emma Tillinger-Koskoff, producers. Little Women, Amy Pascal, producer. Marriage Story, Noah Baumbach and David Heyman, producers. 1917, Sam Mendes, Pippa Harris, Jane Ann Tengren, and Callum McDougal, producers. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, David Heyman, Shannon McIntosh, and Quentin Tarantino, producers. And Parasite, Kwak Shine and Pong Juno, producers. Hello, everyone. You are listening to Matt Neglia on the Next Best Picture podcast. Time of recording over here on the West Coast is 6.16 a.m. on... Ooh, the day, people, January 13th, 2020, Oscar nomination morning. We have the announcement for the nominees for the 92nd Academy Awards. And of course, there were surprises, there were snubs, everything else in between. We're here to give our immediate reactions following the announcement. Join me for this special podcast. I have Miss Amanda Spears. Hello. Will Mavity. Hello, hello. Welcome back, Mr. Mavity. We missed you. Yeah, you, you kicked me out of my own living room. And also, too, uh, Cody Derricks. Hiya. So, yeah. Wow. All right. So we should um, just do this category by category to keep things as organized as humanly possible. Um, I do want to just like briefly say in regards to the shorts, every year they're always a crapshoot. You know, it's like, unless if you've actually seen them, it's pretty, pretty tough to call. Although, Cody, I think that your gut instinct to uh, take a look at the plot synopsis and get kind of an idea of, like, what the shorts were going to um, hold, um, you know, I think it paid off for you because you called quite a few that none of us were predicting. Oh, thank you. Um, I would not say I did well, so that's nice to hear. <laughs> I got two out of five in both animated and documentary short and one out of five in live action. So I guess that's better than zero, but still. Still, like I said, you, you predicted some in there that no one else had their eye on. Amanda, how did you do with the shorts? Um, I never do really well. I always do shorts. <laughs> like, I, I think, you know, we all get a link to the shorts since we do this, like, afterwards. And I, I was just sitting there thinking, well, it doesn't seem the theme is going to be dead children and children who kill children this year. Yeah. So thank God. Once again, though, the theme was if you have a cool, interesting title, you're probably getting nominated. So yeah, well, that's yeah. mine next year. So uh, moving on then from the shorts, uh, let's move over to Best International Feature Film. Uh, we have Les Miserables, Pain and Glory, Parasite, Honeyland, and the pick on the podcast that I said, hey, watch out for this, Corpus Christi. I called Atlantic's Missing. Uh, props to Jason Osiason. He said now they've opened it up to the whole voting body for nominees. 
They're not going to go for something that's very slow and quote unquote art house. And he was correct on that. Cool for Honeyland getting here and also documentary feature. I yeah, no one's ever done t- that. I was going to say, off the top of my head, I think that's the first time that's ever happened. I, so. I think so, too. Yeah. Good for Neon. So then for a documentary feature, good segue. Uh, we have American Factory, The Edge of Democracy, Fort Sama, Honeyland, and The Cave. Yeah, so I called the – We I think a couple of us called the Apollo 11 snub, which the frontrunner yep. curse continues. It's like truly baffling at this point. Don't you? Don't you agree? I think it's also more so the archival footage, which I mentioned yesterday. They just really seem averse to that. Well, also, it's always like this is one of those categories where until you're in the five, it's always best to like tread on the air of caution because One Child Nation didn't get nominated also. Yeah, I felt bad for them. They ran a great campaign this year. Um, You know, Fort Sama and the cave both getting in. Uh, Good for Nat Geo for getting the cave there, I have to say. And um, Netflix, too, with Edge of Democracy. I mean, you know, Will, we talked about back at Sundance that that was like one of the more thrilling documentaries of the year. And I guess it did play incredibly well, all things considered. So that's pretty neat for uh, Netflix to get both of those in there. Uh, Speaking of uh, Netflix getting two nominations in a uh, feature film category, Best (laughs) Animated Feature. Uh, We have How to Train Your Dragon to Hidden World, I Lost My Body, Klaus, Missing Link, and Toy Story 4. No Frozen 2. <laughs> oh, my God. So this I, category oh. does not love sequels, usually. Like, that should be known. I mean, except with, with the exception of Toy Story 3, which I don't think any of the original Toy Stories, the first two were even eligible. There wasn't a, a feature, an animated category, my point. So it's not too surprising. Yeah, that one of the sequels missed. Because, I mean, let's put it this way. Toy Story 4 was never going to miss. No, they love – that's why I picked Toy Story 4 to get a song nomination. I'm like, they love Randy Newman. They're going to nominate him there again. So, Mr. Newman had a really good morning. Yeah. It was interesting seeing the double Netflix here though. I mean that was I, – I, I thought we were going to get a really sad I lost my body snub. And I, I was so happy we didn't because I, I, I felt Claus getting in with the BAFTA, the VFX Society, and the Annie. But, yeah, it's um, crazy that Frozen 2 missed here, especially in um, in deference to Klaus and I Lost My Body, since the voting change a few years ago made it really populist. So I'm really surprised I missed here. I mean, if you look at uh, some of the, you know, reactions to all of the films listed here, uh, reviews-wise from critics at least, Frozen 2 actually was the most uh, ill-received, if you will. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, you have to think to yourself, maybe there were just some Academy members that just, you know, felt the same way. Like they just didn't care as much this time around. Sure. Yeah. I think I lost my body is always going to be kind of helped by the title. I, I'm nothing against any of the other films, but I think sometimes when you have a great title and it's a populist vote, it's like, yeah, sure. I might not have seen any of these movies, but man, that's a cute title. <laughs> 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 I hate to be that person, but you know, every now and then we don't see these films and you just pick on name and, it's got a great title. Walk, run, cha-cha. Yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. I, I haven't seen any of those, but if I had to pick one to win right now, I'd probably pick the one with the best name. So, Best visual effects. A name not listed here. Alita Battle Angel. Sorry, Alita Army. You guys tried hard. I should have stuck with the, the, the Bake Off takeaways, but 
that VFX Society overperformance I agree, Will. tricked me. And I was yeah. also afraid of pissing off the Alita army again. So we have in this The Lion King, Avengers Endgame, The Irishman, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, and 1917. I had 1917 there until about 8 p.m. last night. So I got oh, really? all five. Yeah. Same. Same. Should have stuck with it. You guys are crazy. I got all five of these right. Yeah, I, um, I missed Alita in this category. Um, I was predicting a Star Wars snub. Uh, but I'm happy to have called 1917 along with, I think, Michael and Will. Um, yeah, I, I mean, Irishman, get, Irishman missing here would have been, I think, one of those like true takeaways um, in terms of, oh, they don't like the Irishman. But the fact that it did land here, it's now going to, I think, battle it out with 1917 for the win. I yeah. think it's the front runner to win. Um, and poor Daniel Suddick for the Avengers. He gets nominated every year. I think this oh is a nomination. Oh, my God, I really wish he would like step away from Marvel and do another film because I think there would be a, an easy campaign to like get hit the Oscar that's kind of eluded him when you think his best chance was Master and Commander. <laughs> yeah. It's it's been a while since he's done like a serious movie, but you know, I'm sure Marvel pays him really well to do all of their effects movies. Avengers Endgame did win the uh, Critics Choice Award last night for best visual effects, so yeah, maybe we need to keep an eye on it as like a reward for the whole franchise. But you know, if you're not in the top, if you're not in the 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 nine, yeah, no, no, I I completely agree with you. Absolutely. Yeah, Matt, I seem to recall somebody predicting Infinity War until the last minute and leading us all astray last year. I do seem to recall such a thing, mm. Cody. Thank you. And I would have told you that that was never going to happen. I pred- I, I went for First Man last year over. Uh, that did not lead me astray. I mean, Dan Suddick, yeah, 10 nominations now. That is nuts. He's getting into Newman territory. Best Sound Mixing, 1917, Ad Astra, mm. Ford v. Ferrari, Joker, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Ad Astra is probably the single biggest surprise of the day, I would say, yeah. in this category. Is that editing or, or, or is that mixing? It was mixing. mixing. I would have thought if it's surprised to be sound editing. Yeah, so normally we see lone sound editing nominees, but in this case, Ad Astra was a lone sound mixing uh, nominee, which is uh, – uh, kind of rare sometimes, but it does yeah, happen. Yeah, usually it's reserved for this music. This is when I knew Rocket Man was in trouble. Yeah, I, I really started thinking. I, I I was still a little asleep when they did costume, but when I when I didn't see a sound mixing or an editing nomination, I was like, oh, something's wrong here. Yeah, they did not. They did not like Rocket Man. So then, on the flip side of that, for sound editing, I mean, it's basically the same four of 1917, Ford v Ferrari, Joker, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and they just swapped out uh, Ad Astra for Star Wars: The Rise of Sky. Skywalker. I think 1917 sweeps. They love war movies in these oh, categories. Yeah. yeah, I definitely agree. Um, curious to see, though, that, you know, uh, Irishman uh, couldn't get into either one of the sounds where 1917, Joker, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood were able to. I don't know if that means anything, but I do feel that in terms of nominating a film almost across the board, um, the film that had uh, the best day was honestly Joker. Uh, followed probably by 1917. Uh, then I would say Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Hey, Matt, remind me, did did The Favorite or or uh, Black Panther win Best Picture last year? Because they had the best day. We're just going on noms last year. So Okay, Amanda, moving on to Best Original Song. I see Come what you're on. going with this. Hey, everyone, sorry to interrupt, but this is a preview 
of our podcast reaction to the 2020 Oscar nominations here on the Next Best Picture podcast. In order to get the full podcast, you will have to head on over to Patreon, where for $1 minimum a month, you will get this podcast and other exclusive podcast content that we are doing throughout this award season run. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, Acast, CastBox, and also on Spotify. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you so much for listening as always, and we shall see you all next time.